0: Next on the Christ Sees You podcast, we have Andrea Joseph, and Andrea has such a large heart for refugee communities, and she really gives some amazing practical advice that anyone can use to meet someone who doesn't even speak the same language as you and to just be in their life consistently, and uh, you're really going to enjoy this one. She really just makes it so easy to understand, so easy to apply in your life right away. another episode of the christ sees you podcast today i have my dear friend andrea joseph who i always want to say castroff because that used to be her last name but that is not anymore um so andrea i just want to say first of all the thing i just appreciate about you the most is you have such a heart for community you love 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 to care for people who are overlooked um, who are marginalized, whatever it is, you will step up and stick up for them. Um, you have, even since I've been a community pastor here, helped me just with things, needs, just brought needs to me and said, hey, here's an opportunity where Cottage Grove can step in and um, help people in the community. So I'm just uh, super thankful for you and just so ha- happy you decided to jump on the podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for asking me. It was. Um, it's really humbling to even be able to talk about this because even in the last couple of hours I was thinking, wow, I am not the person, (laughs) like I'm not qualified to talk about this because there are so many other people that I see and partner with in the community and learn from like, wow, I have 10 names on my mind right now that would be, um, just as good, if not better, more knowledgeable, but yeah, I'll see what I can say today.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And 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 I will say, if you ever think that they would want to be on the podcast, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: I would love to interview. Like that's the whole purpose of this is to interview people who typically don't have a voice, so that we can give them a voice to talk about, you know, what it is that they are doing and how we mm-hmm. can come alongside them and support them in what they're doing. So um, that's what's great is that you're a great resource for getting to more people in the community, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. So first question I want to ask is just just talk about your story and how you came to start developing this heart for refugees and for for missionary work and just all of that type of stuff
1: yeah so it started when i was maybe 10 years old my uncle and his church had a school in kenya and i remember telling my parents all the time hey I want to go with Uncle Bob to Kenya. Let's go to Kenya. And my mom was like, "No, no. No, no, no. You can't go or we have to go together and we're not going to do that." And then my church a couple years later started going to Haiti and they started a church there and I was like, "Oh, okay, so if Kenya's too far and like it's not our church, then maybe I can go with our church to Haiti. It's a shorter trip, it's not as far, it's not as expensive. Let's go to Haiti." "No, no, no. You can't do that." Okay, whatever. So I go to college at Iowa State, a part of Salt Company and the summer mission trips come up and I was like that's my opportunity. I'm going to apply, I'm going to go. Um didn't really talk to my parents about it cuz I was just going to make a decision and go got accepted, told my parents they're like yeah, maybe not. And I was like, well, I'm already going. Mm-hmm. Um and they came on board. It was really great. So I spent um 6 or 8 weeks in Dakar, Senegal really learning from people who are living there on what it looks like to love people well, um, to go across cultures, to learn language, to, yeah, really share the gospel in a way that um, helps people to know Jesus in an authentic way, not in the American way, but in a Senegalese way or a Kirini way or whatever culture they're from, how can they take their culture and how does Jesus already show up there and how can we partner with them? Um, Then after I came back, I decided to change or add to my major and add an English language learning endorsement so that I could really do that well here. And after I started teaching, I went to Vietnam for the summer because I realized in Des Moines, I had experience with our Muslim families, I had experience with our African families, but I didn't really know anything about Southeast Asian culture, and we have a lot of people from Southeast Asia here. Mm -hmm. And so I had a summer that I didn't have anything going on, and so I went to Vietnam, and I did the same thing. I learned from the people who were living there, how do we share Jesus, and how do we love these people well? And... Yeah, so then God's just really been shaping my heart and expanding his work across cultures. So initially I thought, oh, I'm going to just stick with one culture. I'll go live in one place and love on one people. And throughout the past 10 years, he's really just opened my heart to love a bunch of different people and to learn how to love each different people well.
0: hmm One thing you mentioned was just like the idea of the American Jesus. Like, what does that mean?
1: So it's really easy. I think here in the United States to equate Christianity with being American. And we've gotten to this point where they're synonymous, where if people are attacking American culture, they're attacking Jesus and vice versa. And, Even in my trainings that I've had before I've gone overseas, there's one phrase that always sticks out to me is, well, if you're not able to build relationships in the United States with Americans, then you really can't go overseas. And just that whole idea of to be Christian means to be American, and you have to have these same cultures. Your church has to look the same, the way you interact with people has to look the same. Um, instead of really looking at Jesus' life and how He looked at different people and just loved them where they were at,
0: yeah, that's so important because when we get outside of seeing Jesus as He's not just American, right? Like, mm-hmm. yes, American people can know Jesus and be, and all that stuff. That's not taking that away, but He loves everybody, and I think. Cultures all get certain pieces really well. Like mm-hmm. they do mm-hmm. certain pieces really well in church, yep. right? And you mm-hmm. see that. It's like you go to India the way they do church. It's like wow, we can learn from that. Mm-hmm. You go to a Chinese church, like in China. It's like they there are certain things they, they do mm-hmm. right in like how they do their house churches. Mm-hmm. that's like wow, we can learn from that. And yeah. you know, you go to different African countries, right? You know, you go to South Africa, and you, there's mm-hmm. things you can learn. There's mm-hmm. things you can learn. You go to a church in Egypt. There's things yeah. you can learn in the Caribbean, and it's like when you when, when we start seeing the value of all of that, and like pulling those different pieces, and recognizing yeah. we can learn from all these different places, and those places can also learn from some of the things that yep. you know American churches do as well.
1: Yeah, and we're not when we cross those cultural boundaries, we're not bringing Jesus to places where he not he's not already working. He's already there. He's already at work. He's already showing up for people. We're just saying, like, hey, this miracle that just happened or this um, blessing that you just had or this really good thing that happened or this way that you are provided for, it's not just chance or it's not something um, other than Jesus. Like, that is Jesus. That's how he's showing up. That's how God is working in your life, in your community already, and just putting that label on it. Like, these crazy things that you can't explain, it's Jesus.
0: Mm. That's really good. So, I think the second part of knowing you, you know, you got married. You know, mm-hmm. you're now mm-hmm. married. Your your name switched from Kastroff to Joseph. Mm-hmm. Um, talk a little bit about marrying Karaman and just what that's changed for you and how that's helped you to mm-hmm. just open your eyes, because you had, because your eyes were open before to it. But yeah. I think obviously when you're married to someone, they're in mm-hmm. your house. Mm-hmm. You're living life together, you're experiencing their pain and their culture, and obviously this last year has been very tough for Haiti in in many different ways, so Mm -hmm. just talk a little bit about that that change for you.
1: Yeah, so my husband is Haitian, he's been in the country since 2016, so not very long. Um, He was, he grew up in Haiti, went to school in Haiti, was an adult in Haiti, um, and then moved here, we met through my family and my small town, um, through unusual circumstances, but that's how it works, you know. Um, And we got married in 2019 and, yeah, have been just figuring out life since. So, really, I feel like there's just been this shift in my own perspective of, yes, I saw people across cultures as individuals and people with hopes and dreams and life experience, but I feel like our marriage has really, um, helped me to solidify that so that when I see somebody who's not like me or not from this country or whatever, um, I just see them with all of their history and everything that they're bringing to the table, not just as the person that I know them to be. Um, I'm a lot quicker to listen to their stories and to, I don't, it's made it really personal for me hearing about um, where they're coming from and why they came here. And, um, yeah, even understanding why they would send money back home. That's something we do regularly. Like yesterday, we sent money to Haiti. Um, and understanding that that's not um, using, like, a drain on our system or the people there are dependent on us. It's just how life is because we have opportunities here that they don't have back home. Mm. Um, yeah, and I don't know. I have a lot more grace for people across cultures because now that's my family. Um, I it, it, The other thing that really feels personal is maintaining the culture of people. Um, I see how people are to let their culture go when mm. they move here they say oh we're not going to speak our language we're going to speak English we're not going to eat our food we're going to eat American food because of access because of necessity survival but also there's just something in American culture where it's like when you're here you need to be like us all that other stuff that makes you unique that can be put to the side um, and so being married to Carmen I really have solidified and, yeah, just planted a flag in, no, we're going to maintain the culture. We're going to maintain the belief systems. We're going to maintain how we interact with family. We're going to maintain language. We're going to maintain the food that we eat because if we are to have kids, I want them to know that, but Mm. also what a testament to um, just who Jesus is that we can come from two very, very different places and create something brand new. Come on, come on. So I can be authentically myself and he can be authentically himself and we can have an authentic marriage where we're creating something new, where it might not be comfortable 100% of the time for both of us, but we're committed to making this work. He's committed to making sure that he understands where I'm coming from and I'm doing the same. I'm understanding where he's coming from and so when we have tough conversations or where we, when we don't understand each other, we know that that's kind of the foundation of, man, Jesus left what was comfortable for him. He left this place in heaven where he had everything that was familiar. He had everything that he needed to come to a place where he didn't. And he had to learn new things and he had to interact with people who weren't the same and maybe didn't treat him very well. Mm-hmm. So if he can do that, how much more can we do the same for each other? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I. So I'll, I'll I'm gonna I'm trying to refrain from asking more Haiti specific questions. Mm-hmm. I'll sa- mm-hmm. I'll save that for Karaman. But I, mm-hmm. I I will say, for anyone who's going to Cottage Grove listening to this, Andrew and Karaman have the biggest chasm I've ever been around of like cultural differences, mm-hmm. and like you guys both make each other so uncomfortable. Like you guys both do life in a way that's like, this isn't what I necessarily always want to do, but I'm doing this to love the other person. Mm-hmm. I see you do it all the time. I see him do it all the time. And the fact that you see through that, like the love of Christ, that's what shines brightest in that is so amazing. Cause it's mm-hmm. like, it's not about us. Like we want so badly to make things about us and to make it about our own comforts. But your marriage shows like, no, like we can, die to ourselves mm-hmm. for love and because of what Christ did for us. And um, so, yeah, I just, I, c- I commend you on that. And I, I think one thing that I think would be helpful to talk about is how do we take what you've learned from marriage and bring it to the church where we can say, hey, I'm going to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the greater good of the body of Christ.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's <clears throat> really Another thing that has helped me love our neighbors really well is that's my whole life now. Everything that I do, I'm thinking about, okay, how do I give up or use my privilege or my access or my knowledge of how things work here or my language, my schooling, whatever it is, to help people who don't understand how life works here. There's just so many different aspects of life in America beyond just getting groceries that are familiar and a language barrier that make life difficult. So how can I use what I have to allow people to live freely? Um, not so that they're dependent on me or dependent on the church, but how do we use what we have to help them be free and be independent? Um so I think a lot about the families that I work with <clears throat> just in my job as an ELL teacher for students with significant disabilities. There's a lot of barriers within the medical system. So how do we how do I help these parents understand who their doctors are? I'm not a medical professional, but I've been to the doctor in the United States. I can understand that oh a neurologist studies the brain. And so when you go to a neurologist, the appointment's all about the brain. And so that's important for a parent to know. And if they don't know that, that makes it really hard for them to comprehend anything that's happening in the appointment and to make knowledgeable decisions about their child's health. So if I can just say, hey, grab the card from your doctor so you know who it is and what they do, then we can meet and talk about, oh, this says it's a neurologist and they're talking about the brain. I bet your child probably has some seizures and then they have to take this medicine. So we can get into these really deep conversations about, okay, what does a neurologist do? But then also I'm educating the family to make them independent so that the next time they go to the same doctor, they already have the background knowledge. Oh, we're talking about my child's brain and they have a frame of reference. And so I think about how we act as the church um, and how we cross the street here at Cottage Grove? How do we cross the street to the people who are living right there? How do we see what they actually need? Yeah, they probably need money. Yeah, they probably need food. But are there other questions that they have about life here? Things that they don't even know that they don't know? How do we build a relationship with those people to know that information, to be able to use what we have to help them be successful here?
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's the hard part is so even coming into being the community pastor here, uh a lot of people have come to me and said, Hey, like I, I wanna be involved in like mercy and mm-hmm. and it's like the only thing I can say is like go build relationships. And it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's it, it feels like a sometimes I feel like it's like a s like a cop out answer. But it's mm-hmm. like but in reality, when you have that relationship, then people are gonna open up about those those deeper questions Mm because no one's going to tell you like someone might say okay i'll take a meal Mm -hmm. because it's just free food yep but someone's not going to tell you man you know what i have no idea how to go see a primary care physician right unless you know that like they're just not going to do that how are you even going to be talking about that Mm -hmm. but through a relationship and constantly Mm -hmm. talking to someone you get deeper and you deeper and then eventually they start telling you some things and like like one thing i've realized recently is how many people struggling need an eye doctor appointment that's mm-hmm. a, a barrier they mm-hmm. they're embarrassed to say i can't really read stuff and see stuff because mm-hmm. i can't see mm-hmm. but it's like what when, from, when, from that relationship they open up about that and it's like well we can go like i can bring you to go to the eye doctor that's not a big deal yeah. we can help mm-hmm. you with that and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it's like wow i can see now you can apply for jobs now you can do some of these other things that you weren't um, able to do so you want to just talk a little bit about that relationship aspect
1: yeah so When I started my job, which is now kind of the primary place where I build these relationships and maintain relationships, I just spent a lot of time talking to parents and learning from them, so not assuming that I knew what they were going through or assuming anything about them, just sitting in their houses and learning from them, asking them questions about their experiences and their life and their hopes and their dreams for their kids and for themselves and through those initial conversations where I'm taking the backseat. I'm not feeding them information. I'm not saying, oh, this is what you need to do or here's how I can help you or, oh, this is a barrier you have. Let me meet that right now. No, no, no. I just listened for a long time and then said, hey, do you have any questions for me? No. Do you have any questions for me? No. Do you have any questions for me? No. Years where parents are saying, no, I have no questions. I don't need anything from you. Until now, seven years in, five years in with most of my parents, now they're saying, hey, we would just spent two months in the hospital. We don't even, we don't have groceries. Mm -hmm. Or, hey, um, you talked about my Christmas tree in my apartment. I'm looking for a new church. Can I go to church with you? Sure. But it took five years to get to that point. Mm. And so to be committed to people for the long term. Come on. It's not just, hey, I have this desire to help people, so I'm going to go insert myself into your life. But no, I'm going to show up consistently for you for whatever you need. Do you need to go to Walmart because it's too far and you don't have a way to get there? okay, I can drive you to Walmart once a week for a year, for two years. And that's the extent of our relationship. And honestly, a lot of times to my American self, I'm like, oh man, am I just being used? Like, are they just using me for something? Mm -hmm. But no, like this is their most immediate need. And I have a car and I have time. So we can go to Walmart for as long as it takes. And then... Suddenly, oh, here, I brought you, I stopped by your house and I brought you some food. Sweet. Now it's like this give and take relationship. And they have dignity. And they have dignity Mm. because they can choose to give as they can. Mm. And I don't see that as, oh, man, I've been driving you to Walmart for a year and you just brought me one papusa. No, like, I see that as, wow, you, like, thought about me and you gave me what you could. Not out of a need to repay, but because, hey, I thought about you, and I wanted to share this piece of myself with you. Mm. And then from there, now we can build on this. Oh, can you teach me about papusas? Do you know how to make them? Could you teach me how to make them? So then we spend three hours in the kitchen. And when you're spending three hours in the kitchen cooking, a lot of life happens. You can talk about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Or you can talk about nothing, but you're spending time together. Um, cooking is one of my favorite ways to cross cultures and language barriers Mm -hmm. because to cook, you don't have to talk. Yeah, that's good. Um, many times when I'm cooking with women, they just put their hands on top of mine and show me how to do it. We can't speak the same language. We don't know how to say anything to each other, but we spend three hours in the kitchen working together and laughing at each other, trying to talk about whatever, like they'll give me directions in their language. And I like, I'm like, "Ah." I really don't know what you're saying. And then we laugh and we have a really good time. And then we're equals because I try to tell them something and they don't understand. And then we Mm. laugh. And so we're on this really equal playing field where I'm not seen as better or whatever an American is seen as. Mm. I'm not trying to save them. Like I'm actually learning from you and I can't understand what you're saying. I don't know the foods that you're talking about. And, like, there's probably not an English word for that thing that you're making. So, really, I don't know. You have to teach me. And so, yeah, just thinking about ways to preserve dignity and have people teach you about their lives.
0: That is, like, what you just said, there's so many golden nuggets in it. Like, I want to do a backflip right now because one of the most convicting things for me, first of all, is, like, there's no like microwave pizzas. Like microwave mm-hmm. pizza tastes mm-hmm. like garbage for a reason because mm-hmm. it's quick. Mm-hmm. You can do it really fast. You have to take the time to make the pizza, the dough, make it all from, mm-hmm. from scratch, and that just takes time to get that that good product, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like it's the same thing with relationships. So many times, people just want to jump in someone's life, mm-hmm. and, and and I do. I've done this. It's like you want to mm-hmm. just let's make a quick change. Let's let's happen. I want this to happen fast.
1: Yep.
0: But it's like, how do we? slow down get out of our to-do list mm-hmm. mind mm-hmm. stop putting so much value on time mm-hmm. right because mm-hmm. we value time greatly here yep slow down and just be with people mm-hmm. because that's what jesus did mm-hmm. he wasn't looking at his watch every three seconds it's not like mm-hmm. jesus started telling a parable and he's looking at his watch the whole time
1: mm-hmm.
0: and actually just be be in people's lives Mm -hmm. and do Mm -hmm. the messy stuff with them. And like, even what you're talking about with, Oh man, just taking the time to be with someone who you don't even speak the same language, but because it's just you and them, you're on Mm -hmm. the same playing field. No Mm -hmm. one has an advantage. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one thing both you and Karaman have really taught me is we have to do a better job as a church and as people of God of seeing that dignity in everybody. Mm-hmm. Cuz America's mm-hmm. curse is that because we quote unquote are the most powerful country in the world, mm-hmm. everything here is seen deemed as being better. Yeah. We have the best economy mm-hmm. so we're better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. We have more money than everybody else. Yeah. So then when you operate in that way and you've grown up in that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you think, well, I see someone who's different, they the way they do things, it can't be better than anything I do. Right. Right and you don't see any dignity in the way that they do things, so that you mm-hmm. don't want to learn and listen from them.
1: Yeah, 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 that's so good. And I just think how um, Jesus gave of himself all the time. It was never convenient when he loved on people, when he showed up for people. He always was doing something, and then somebody showed up with a need, and he turned away from what he was doing to meet their, to meet them where they're at. And when you build relationships with people, especially people who are brand new to the country, refugees, brand new immigrants, the needs are immediate in their survival and they're not convenient. So many times I have to turn away from what I'm doing, which can be a really good thing. Maybe Cameron and I are having a good conversation or maybe we're getting ready to go to Connection Group or maybe we're going to church or maybe we're in a conversation with a neighbor who's American But then our neighbor who's not American shows up and, hey, I need this thing. And that's actually really immediate because if they ask, I need to go to Walmart, it's because they have literally no food. It's not like, oh, there's nothing that I want to make. There's nothing that's prepared for me. It's I have no food in my house right now to feed my children. So that becomes my immediate need. It's not always fun. A lot of times I have to be like, oh, my gosh. This is the last thing I want to do right now. Mm-hmm. I just want to stay in my house. I want to clean my house. I want to cook my dinner or I just want to sit and watch Netflix. But no, nope, they have an immediate need. And how do I take myself away from whatever I think is important to see while wow, their needs are immediate and survival. And so I'm going to give whatever I can to help them. So even if I don't have time to spend an hour and a half in Walmart with them, What can I give them out of my pantry and say, hey, here's this meal or let's go to the Mexican um, restaurant down the street and I'll buy you some food right now for your family. And tomorrow at this time, we can go to Walmart and get the rest of your groceries. Um, So really thinking about how Jesus really met people and met their immediate needs. As a way to show, like, no, I'm here for you where you're at. And how do we show up and be there for people where they're at, no matter the, quote-unquote, cost to us? Yeah,
0: yeah, I've I've felt that here at the church, even with, uh, like, sermon prep. I'll be preparing Mm -hmm. for a sermon. Someone comes for something, I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, right now? Like, are you for real Mm -hmm. now, now? Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, but it's like, what's more important? Meeting that person's need Mm -hmm. or just spending more time reading and getting ready for, for a sermon. It's not that, that the sermon is not important, right. but the person is here now. Mm-hmm. I can always, I can stay up later and work on the sermon or wake up early or give something else up to to do that. Right. Um, so here's, here's one thing I think could be helpful from you is mm-hmm. what would you say to someone who is listening to this? They've never gotten involved with community engagement. They've mm-hmm. never built any of these relationships. Like mm-hmm. they're hearing what you're saying. And they're like, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. I want to get mm-hmm. in the game, mm-hmm. but they're not an ESL teacher. Yep. It's like, what can people do to, yeah, yeah, to start engaging the community, to start loving the people around them?
1: Yeah. So most people, if you live in Des Moines, you have a neighbor who is not from this country. So how do you see them outside in their yard and just say, start by saying hello. Hi, how are you? What's your name? that'll give you a gauge of their language abilities. If they can't engage in that conversation, then you know, oh, they probably don't know any English, so how can we just start having this repetitive conversation? Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Every day that you pass them, every time that you see them. Then you can say, oh, my name is Andrea. My name is Ian. My name is whatever. What is your name? They may not respond. They may laugh, 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 have fun. Like it's uncomfortable, but it's also like you're just building this relationship. It's not serious. There's nothing attached to it. It's just your neighbor that you're getting to know. Um, If they do speak English, start by just like having a normal conversation that you'd have with a new neighbor here. What's your name? What do you do? What brought you to this neighborhood? What's your family? Like who's in your family? What do you, what do they do? Where do they go to school? Um, really, it's not that different than any other neighbor that you would meet. Um, But if you want to get more involved with organizations that are already working with our refugees, um, uh, Des Moines Refugee Support is a great organization. They do a lot of good things for um, people who are here, or they have a pulse on who is coming. Because we continue to have refugees come into our city, we continue to have immigrants come into our city. Um, They just did a drive for donations for the new Afghani refugees that were here. Um, They're full now, but I know that on their Facebook page, they'll post when they need more things or um, if they need time or people to move furniture. So follow them on Facebook, reach out to them. USCRI, that is our organization that resettles refugees here. They always post things about needs that they have to meet our families where they're at. LSI does a lot of good work too. And LSI is just up the street. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So they work with both refugees, immigrants, and people with disabilities. So they kind of have a a little bit different perspective so reach out to those organizations say hey what do you need um, I have this availability I have time if people need to go somewhere or if they need to learn how to ride the bus or if they maybe you don't have time but you have resources you have food you have things to donate just ask and they would be more than happy to connect you with the needs that are in the community.
0: And yeah, and and I will say, if you ever have stuff that you just know you want to donate, just bring it to the church. Like, I have a room in the basement that I just collect stuff so that as people come with needs or drives come up or whatever. Because the thing about, and Andrew, you've kind of hit on this, about mercy is that it's not like orderly, right? It Mm -hmm, just pops mm -hmm. up. It's not like, oh, this is going to happen Monday at three o'clock, someone's going to come to the door. Like you don't, it doesn't work like that. People just come when they come, Mm -hmm. they ask for the things when they ask for them and we Mm -hmm. either have it or we don't. So the more things that we can have, just definitely just bring it on down.
1: Yep. Just Um, like life for us is unpredictable. Yep. Whenever we have a need or something happens, it's not always at the most convenient time. There we go. You can't plan for it. So other people can't plan for their needs either.
0: hundred percent. Uh, one thing you touched on last thing I'll, I'll ask, uh, you, you said like, okay, meeting a refugee or meeting someone around you is just different mm-hmm. and maybe they're not even a refugee but, you know, just having a normal conversation. That's something mm-hmm. that's come up a few times already is like people just want to be treated normal. Like just, mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. have to overthink it. Like why do you think that happens where there's like this gap of like, I'm overthinking it and it's like, you know, just, just talk to me normally.
1: That's a good question. Um, I feel like at least in my own experience when I cross those, um, the culture or the language, I have so many things that I want to say that I'm like, but I don't know how to say it in a way that you understand. Um, Or there's a lot of hesitation. Like, I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm doing here. Mm -hmm. Um, The more you learn about, other cultures perception of America and Americans um, and the American church. I think that now gets in my head too. Cause I'm like, I'm not trying to save you from your life. I'm not trying to be this white savior. I'm not trying to be Jesus to you. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus needs to be Jesus to you. That's not my role. I'm just going to show up for you in a way that I can because he's given me so much. And so there's, it's different for every person but there's something in our heads that's just like oh I can't do this Mm. there's a gap there's a block for whatever reason and I always just have to stop and think no this is another human being how would I want to be treated how can I talk to this person whether it's Hasha from the Congo or Diana from Mexico like it doesn't matter who they are how can I look at them and be like oh you are the same age as me, we sh- can be friends, like genuine friends, not like this give and take relationship. But I just want to know who you are, mm-hmm. not to give you anything or not to save you from anything. But how do we just get to know each other with no strings attached, no expectations? Let's just talk.
0: Mm-hmm. That's that's beautiful. I like what made me think about that um, one day. Uh, so house I live in now, Caramon Caraman and I were going to, like, the open house for it. Mm-hmm. And as we were crossing the street, a, a lady who goes to Table Church mm-hmm. saw my, uh, I had a Jesus shirt on, mm-hmm. and she was like, oh, are you, Chris? and, like, she started talking to us, and um, mm-hmm. but she, she asked both of us our names, and, like, when Caramon and I came out of it, Caramon looked at me, and he was like, like, that wasn't hard. Like, she mm-hmm. just treated us mm-hmm. normal. She just mm-hmm. had a normal, like, and it was just such a good experience for him. And, like, both of us yeah. were just like, wow, that was really pleasant. Like, she just yep. had this conversation with us, talked about Jesus with us, and yeah. we got to talk about something that we had in common and that mm-hmm. we, we both loved Jesus Christ. And uh, so I, I think that just that reminder to people to, yeah, just be yourself. But also, like, I think the thing I'm taking away from what you've talked about today that's a, that's good for my soul is to just try, mm-hmm. keep trying. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's not going to be as smooth as if you're talking to someone who has everything in common with you. You have the yep. same culture. You grew up in the same place. You did all the same things. and uh, But it's worth continuing to try, even if it takes a month just to get to the point yeah. where they tell you their name. Mm-hmm.
1: That's mm-hmm. okay. Yep. Yeah, I think that's so good is just try. What's the worst that can happen if you try to have a conversation with you? They may not want to have a conversation with you. Okay, but you tried you reached out and you said, Hey, I'm here. Like I'm interested in who you are as Mm -hmm. a person. I'm interested in getting to know you or I see you. I see that you are here Mm -hmm. and that we are both humans on the street together. Um, And maybe it goes really well and maybe it has a, there's a great conversation and maybe not, and that's okay. But I always look at it as the worst thing I can do is not Mm -hmm. because if, it goes poorly at least I tried at least I did something but if I do nothing then maybe I missed an opportunity to love somebody
0: that's really good well Andrea I am yeah this is this is really good and I think this is gonna be a blessing to a lot of people here Cottage Grove in Des Moines in the community whoever listens to this will, will be blessed by this so thank you so much for for jumping on
1: yeah thanks so much for having me
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Christ Sees You podcast. If you want to get in touch with me, to share your own story, or to connect me with someone who has an amazing God story, my email is iWarner at CottageGroveDSM.com. That's iWarner at CottageGroveDSM.com. And if you want more of this podcast, make sure you subscribe. See you next time.